This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Josh. Are we really second-guessing our clearly stated title for our moderately successful food podcast? I think we are, Josh. This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Or, or is, is it? it? Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> What? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Inaidi. And Nicole, we are now on part two of us doing the damn thing, trying to officially <laughs> end the debate of is a hot dog a sandwich. That's right, Josh. That's uh, exactly what's happening. <laughs> um, there are a couple things that I've learned after what's this. What's that? One, my beliefs are more flimsy than I'd like to think they are. Okay. There's uh, my favorite spoken word artist, Anis Mojgani, once said, Beliefs are like naps. We leave them behind the minute someone touches us. And I, I kind of feel I'm I'm worried that we're going to fall into that trap where somebody says one convincing thing and mm -hmm. I'm going to leave everything behind. Well, I took a nap before this podcast. <laughs> you really and, did. Yeah, I really did. And I don't know. I feel like the conversation with Ken really made me double down on my beliefs that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yeah. So when really we spoke did. to when we spoke to historian Ken Albala mm -hmm. last episode, um, he came out swinging so, so, so hard yep. that a hot dog is not a sandwich. And for a moment I was convinced. But then we just had an incredible conversation that you're about to listen to with Dr. Calvin Normore. Oh, he is yeah. a real life philosopher. And I mean, this dude is a philosopher's philosopher. philosopher. He <laughs> He has the long beard and everything. And I'd actually spoken to him seven years ago when he was a professor of philosophy at UCLA. Very cool. And I was a student there. And so this was an incredible throwback to me. But I feel like we got more to the truth, like the capital T truth of the matter, as opposed to someone like Ken, who is incredibly passionate about the mm. subject. But when you come into a debate, Nicole, with passion, you're leaving yourself open to bias. That's true. And the thing about philosophy is you're constantly searching for the truth. But I think what he touched on that I thought was interesting was people have different truths. There's, there's multiple which truths. Which is why a hot dog might be a sandwich to you, might not be to Susie Lee. It might not be to Susie yeah, Lee. And you know, it's crazy. You know how I know a hot dog is a sandwich, Nicole? How? Because I have a super sweet t-shirt that says a hot dog is a sandwich. Oh, what a coincidence. I have one that says a hot dog is not a sandwich. We both look down at our shirts to physically read them, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, and you like can, <laughs> and depending on what you believe, you can go to mythical.com right now and buy the t-shirts. Uh, the designs are awesome. I'm absolutely obsessed with this. But that said, I might trade this t-shirt in for your t-shirt by the end of this. Because I feel like that's going to happen. It's going to happen because I clearly don't know where this is going. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing, we talked a lot about the idea of Socratic forms in the episode and didn't mm -hmm. really get in to what they are. So... Socrates, right, OG philosopher that like kind of may or may not have actually existed. He's only written about from Plato's perspective. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I remember from philosophy in college. Nice. Uh, but he held that the world of forms transcends the substantial world and is the basis of reality. So, Nicole, sick. <laughs> that's pretty sick. It's pretty metal, right? <laughs> uh, so the idea of, say, like a triangle, right, is a Socratic form. If you were to mm -hmm. draw a triangle on a whiteboard, you'd say that is a perfect triangle. I'd say no, because you could measure that 
right? Whatever you drew, mm. you can measure that at any angle, no matter if you used a ruler or whatever, and you would see some sort of deviation, right? The wind okay. blew the chalk just a micrometer, so that would not be a perfect triangle. A perfect triangle exists outside of space, outside of time. It is a mm. concept, right? It is a, it is a form. But is perfection just mathematical? Is it spiritual? Is it emotional? What is it? What does perfect even it's mean? It's formatic, Nicole. It ex just exists in the ephemera. And so that's what we're talking about. Uh, but turns out there ain't no Socratic form of a hot dog. <laughs> Unfortunately um, for us. The most important part of this conversation, though, is that Dr. Normore called us smart. Yeah, that was sweet. Which is incredible. More uh, guests should call us smart. <laughs> It would really help us. Uh, but truly, this is one of the most fascinating conversations I've ever totally. had. I can't wait for y'all to listen to it. Yeah? Uh, you ready too. to get into it? Totally. Let's do it. Dr. Normore, thank you so much for joining us from half a world away. It's my pleasure. Uh, perhaps a little later in the day would have been a greater pleasure, but it's a pleasure. <laughs> it is 7 a.m. where you are, correct? That's right. And wow. So you're, you're in Brisbane, Australia? I am. Yep. Uh, which is I had incredible. hoped to be on a paradisical island, but but <laughs> I'm in Brisbane. You'll settle for Queensland. Uh, and this is yeah. incredible because the last time we met, we were in the same room together. We were actually in your office later, the courtyard at uh, UCLA, hmm. because this is not the first time that we've talked. Nice. That's true. And um, the birds were singing and the... Um, the, the leaves were blooming, right? It was truly idyllic. Uh, I was younger, I was dumber, and this is when, Nicole, I was an amateur hot dog sleuth. So I wrote a piece for First We Feast before they launched Hot Ones, the show on YouTube. Mm -hmm. They were but a lowly food blog that would pay people like the likes of me while I was still in college. Mm. And I wrote an article that wanted to philosophically dissect whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. And Dr. Normore, this podcast wouldn't exist without you. This That was literally the genesis Aww. Of this whole idea. So thank you for contributing to that. It, uh, again, uh, um, that's an astonishing, that's an astonishing fact, but <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to join you. <laughs> and I think you have unknowingly made thousands of listeners a little bit dumber by forcing them to listen to us. So I'm also sorry for that. Forcing? I feel like it's the opposite of They're what the ones clicking on it. It's, there's <laughs> no the force. Contrary. We're giving them the opposite. Quite the contrary. Yeah, that's right. All right. So like I said, back then I was an amateur and now Nicole and I, we are truly setting out to end the debate of whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. Correct. We just spoke to a food historian mm -hmm. and a fellow uh, academian like yourself for about an hour. And I mean, he had a lot of points, but I feel like they were all sort of shrouded in personal feeling and bias. Dr. Normore, I'm hoping to get to some capital T truth via the powers of philosophy and metaphysics here to finally end it. Do you think that's achievable? Yes. It's not easy, though. <laughs> But Dr. Normore, <laughs> I don't know if I want philosophy in my hot dogs. <laughs> well, do you want hot dog in, in your philosophy? I this mean, when you spin it that <laughs> way, <laughs> now my mind has been opened. <laughs> All right. So, Dr. Normore, I'm hoping you can break down, like, the actual act of philosophical argumentation mm -hmm. and how that relates to the question, is a hot dog a sandwich? Like, what are we actually arguing about here? Well, we've got a concept, right? The concept of the hot dog. Actually, we start, we've got a word, the word hot dog. and uh, But presumably, we think there's a single concept that underlies that word. Uh, maybe there isn't. And we think we have a pretty good grasp of it. And maybe that's not true either. There are lots of concepts that we use all the time that we don't have a very good grasp mm -hmm. of. Can you give us an example? Sure. Um if I ask you what an electron is, you'll be able to talk. <laughs> no, give us an easier word. No, no, easier. Give us an easier word. Electron, I don't know. Say like a peanut. <laughs> okay, okay. If I ask you what a uh, what um, an elbow joint is. Uh -huh, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to say something, but there'll be lots of things about, the, about that you won't know, right? Correct. You, you'll know the elbow. For example, I don't know, you, does it carry water? Does it have to carry water? Oh, interesting. In my elbow joint? I have no well, idea. Well, I'd say if, ah, if the heat... Ah, you see, now you were thinking of your elbow joint. <gasps> I was thinking of the elbow joint in a pipe underneath my kitchen you sink. Stop you right stop right there, you silly man. That's incredible. <laughs> They're both elbow joints. I feel like... Right? And, uh, Is it unfair yeah. to characterize philosophers as sort of modern day leprechauns who are always out to trick you? <laughs> 
I don't, not naming to trick you. You can't call our guest a leprechaun, Josh. That's rude. I'm sorry. Please explain. No, just wanted to point out that uh, you know that elbow joint is used in all sorts of contexts, and we don't we don't uh, tip typically grasp all of them. True. I, I don't think it's a, 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 an ambiguity, actually. I think it's probably the same sense of elbow joint, maybe, maybe the same sense of elbow. I'm not sure about that. So anyway, the, so the thought was that, that there are lots of concepts that we that we use, we only have a partial grasp of. And, um, and the question is whether a hot dog is one of them, and of course, mm-hmm. whether a sandwich is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be, that's one of the issues we have to face. And I'm glad that you said that you talked to a historian about this, because one of the ways that we can, that we can trace this is by trying to look at the history of the development of the concept. But we'll come back to that. Okay. You were going to ask me about argumentation. Yeah, please. I mean, uh, do you have any tips? Because I think we found with our historian that, you know, we don't have the bare bones tools enough Mm -hmm. to really discuss this efficaciously. Oh, that surprises me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can yell at people all I want. But I mean, like even down to say, like you said, we all think we have an idea of what a hot dog is. But when it comes down to truly defining our terms, right, like we found that we kind of struggled. Yeah. Yep. And and, uh, and we often do because we, we use these these words and these concepts in lots of contexts. We get by perfectly well, um, but uh, but there are gray areas, penumbra around central uses that we don't grasp very well. Uh, and one of the things philosophers try to do is to work out uh, how those concepts work and how they're related to one another. And so, you know, argumentation is partly a matter of that. It's part. It's not entirely a matter of that. But it's partly a matter of tracing out the relationships among concepts. You say that, okay, then you're committed to this, right? And mm. uh, okay. do you see that you're committed? Well, let me show you. If you don't, if you're not committed to this, when you say that, what about this other case? Doesn't that look exactly the same? And don't you agree that you're committed uh, to, you know, X if you say Y in mm. that case? Okay, and so on, right? So there are lots of cases like that where we we attempt to trace out the the relationship among concepts and. Um, Hot dog is one of them. Hot dog is a concept. <laughs> it's a word that picks out, we think, a concept. And we're trying to trace out its not only its history, but its relationship to others. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because we, we got into the idea of the concept of a hot dog mm-hmm. versus a current hot dog in practice. Because mm-hmm. sausages have been made for thousands of years. Correct. They've been put in bread rolls for at least hundreds of years, but the term hot dog doesn't come into the English language documented until earliest we could find was like 1843. And so, <laughs> Dr. Normer, would you say that there is a Socratic form of a hot dog uh, that exists outside of space and time? Gosh. Uh, so this is a special case <laughs> of the general question. Are there <laughs> forms of artifacts mm-hmm. right because a hot dog is an art is an artifact it's something that we make there's no or no there are no hot dog trees hot dog is an artifact okay got it yeah okay so now the question is when we make up an artifact let's suppose we make a new one uh maybe uh something like a microphone say uh okay. do we do we discover something or do we invent it that is is there out there in the you know in logical space somewhere of uh, something, the microphone that we're we're developing, we we get onto and we we make a copy of it. Let's say in in the the physical world, that's one kind of way of thinking about mm-hmm. it. The other is no, there's nothing out there in logical space. There are various bits and pieces that we put together, and lo and behold, we get a a working microphone, and now we can apply that concept in other places and. Blah blah. Now, my own inclination is to is to think the second, right? That there yeah, there aren't any forms of artifacts waiting to be discovered. Okay. But that's not obvious, I think. Interesting. And so, is it a little bit like the idea of invention versus discovery? Like, if yeah. you were to put a monkey in a room with a typewriter with an infinite amount of time, he would eventually type the works of Shakespeare. Similarly, if you put a monkey with a knife next to a cow, He'd infinite amount of time, he would invent dog? the hot dog. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, uh, well, it, it, it might no it might take more than one uh, monkey, and the cow would probably die. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's the question, right? I mean, and and but it's a, but it's even a slightly slightly different question because let's go back to the the works of Shakespeare for a second. Okay, if the monkey typed out all those things on a say a, an old fashioned typewriter, uh, it's not at all clear they would have typed the works of Shakespeare. 
Uh, the reason it's not clear that they would have typed the works of Shakespeare is you've got all these marks on the page. You are come in and assume they're English. How do you, you know, it's not built into the marks that they're English. And you assume that the, the monkey was somehow writing English. And what's more, wasn't writing uh, a new works that just happened to look like the works of Shakespeare, what were the works of Shakespeare, and, and probably not none of that's true. There's a wonderful uh, Borges story called uh, Pierre Menard, author of the Quixote, in, in which this um, French, 19th century French guy, attempts to write out a new novel using exactly the words of Cervantes' Don Quixote in exactly the same order. And Borges argues he can do it. It'll be a different novel. What? Because it's written in the 19th did it, century. Did it work? Yeah, because, it, because it's written in the 19th. No, he only got the, a page or two in. <laughs> but, uh, but, but because it's written in the 19th century, right, not the 16th, uh, it's written by a Frenchman working in who knows uh, the background of uh, Cervantes' novel, where Cervantes wasn't doing anything like that. So uh, Borges gives a good argument, I think, that it's, it is a, a different novel. So the monkey might not actually produce the works, a copy of the works of Shakespeare. The monkey might just produce something that looks like one. And that bears on the question of the hot dog, right? Because, because one might think, well, look, anything that looks like a hot dog and tastes like a hot dog is a hot dog. Mm. Mm-hmm. But it might not be. I mean, if we, if we found people on Mars uh, who had invented something and put something into it, let me give you an example, okay. a weird example. They thought that you could take something that wasn't bread, but let's say it was um, something like a, a corn meal or something. Okay. You could bake it and, and put inside it something that wasn't a sausage at all. You could make something that they were prepared, let's say, even say, to, to use the word hot dog for. And they were also prepared to use the word hot dog for everything that we do, right? So now, would we think that they had hot dogs? Or would we think that they had, I don't know, schmuck dogs, right? The Included hot dogs, but we're a little bit wider. Do they sell the dogs. schmott dogs for a dollar fifty at Costco. <laughs> um, they would charge extra because 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 of their exotic origin. <laughs> that makes sense. You could market that. Well, no, this this actually I think speaks. Especially, I'm fascinated by the Quixote example mm-hmm. because that kind of speaks to I don't know the convergent evolution of certain foods, right? Sure. Like if you look at mm-hmm. sausage has been being made in China, like lap chong for several, Long several time. hundreds of years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, leavened bread, you know, showed up in, originally in like Mesopotamia, but then now we're looking at that through a uniquely American lens. And so if we call a hot dog a sandwich, we can only examine that through our own like very uh, ethnocentric terms, I think. You know, like, but is there any, can we draw a universal conclusion from our own like ethnocentric ideas because for instance you go to jerusalem or damascus and they're stuffing pitas it feels weird and you know almost xenophobic to call that simply a sandwich yeah it it does but i mean we can call it we can't we get to decide i think how we're going to apply our concepts to things going forward Mm. right i mean but we don't get to decide how to apply them to things going backwards. So were there any sandwiches, say, before the Earl of Sandwich? Well, yes. Well, that's that's a loaded question, I'm right? I'm sure there were. Because bread bread has existed for 10,000 plus years. People have been putting meat inside that bread. But before the term does sandwich language, was invented. But does language equate invention or discovery? I don't know. Right. Right. So 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 let's imagine <laughs> the following. <laughs> Sorry. Right? Personal victory. <laughs> so there's all there's all this bread and there and, and, and people are, are putting things in, in it. Uh, but they don't think of it as any particular kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean different people do put different kinds of things in the, in different kinds of bread and different kinds of ways and so on. Along comes the Earl of Sandwich. Um, and people began to identify a particular kind of putting in of stuff in particular kinds of bread as a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And going forward, they sort of extend that bit by bit by bit. And now they look back into the 15th century mm-hmm. in Mesopotamia, let's say, and they ask, are those things sandwiches? Well, they look a lot like sandwiches. They work like sandwiches. Uh, let's call them sandwiches. And I see nothing particularly 
wrong with that as long as we understand that what we're doing is we're taking a concept, a 20th, well, by now a, a 21st century concept, and we're seeing how, it, if we applied it to things that we do apply it to, and we applied it to things that were sufficiently similar to what we do apply it to, then we would call them sandwiches, right? See, that, I think that's fine. That's something that I fully agree with, and that's what informed. So just to let you know where we stand real quick, Nicole is a staunch, a hot dog is not a sandwich person. Staunch. I, I have always been a staunch, a hot dog staunch. is a sandwich person. Uh, strictly because a sandwich to me seems very simple. You could define it as uh, yeasted. Well, maybe not yeasted because a biscuit's not yeasted, but a biscuit's still a sandwich. Anywho, like a risen bread that has filling and is meant to be eaten with the hands, at least primarily on a common sense definition. You know, and so to me, a hot dog very much fulfills that. But that is why the question, as it's phrased, is a hot dog a sandwich? There's no like, to me is a hot dog a sandwich from my perspective? Because if you were to ask this question to somebody in, you know, Xinjiang, China, you know, is a hot dog is a, sand- a sandwich, they might just be like, I, I don't what are you know. Talking like, about, I- bro? Yeah. 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 Or they're just yeah. like, of course it is. I don't know what they feel. I don't know what the answer is. But so, I mean, does that, does that add yeah. a tricky layer to this, Dr. Normore? Like a certain, you're implying a universality when you say the word is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so if you if you I mean until McDonald's uh, arrived in China, right? I, I doubt that um, I doubt that if you asked somebody in Shanghai whether a hot dog was a sandwich, they would. I mean, it, I don't know if you translate it into one of the Chinese languages. I don't even know what words you would find. Maybe you wouldn't find words, right? For for uh, that would naturally translate. Mm-hmm. And so you might have to do exactly what you were just doing there, Josh, you know, say, okay, here's what I mean mm-hmm. by a hot dog, right? I mean, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I mean by a sandwich. Now, do you think one of those is one of those, right? Um, so, yeah, so all that's true. But we perfectly well could say, looking at, say, something that had been made in a Chinese bakery, oh, that is sufficiently similar to what we call hot dogs, mm-hmm. that we will call them hot dogs. And now there's the, the question that you raise, uh, our the things that we call hot dogs sufficiently similar to the other things we call sandwiches that we want to call them sandwiches. Uh, so I think in a certain sense, that's partly up to gra- up for uh, for grabs for us. And it's partly up for grabs for us because, because they're artifacts, because mm-hmm. they're things we make. Mm-hmm, okay. And so we can, you know, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do that with, with trees. Trees are whatever, whatever kind they are. And if we if we want to to carve nature at the joints, so to speak, then we have to find out what the different species of trees are. With hot dogs, we don't have to so much find out what they are as what we intend them to be. I see. Which is a different thing. Interesting. So, so I say. So, so, so say if I. My, so, if, so if our human hands make something, it is up to us as specific humans to give it its name and its definition and where it belongs, so to say – Within, within our universe. Yeah, that's what I'm inclined to think. There isn't, so that goes back to your original question. Is there a Socratic form of hot dog? I say no. <laughs> I say uh, no. There isn't a Socratic form. Right? Oh, when I think about that, because I mean, you know, thinking about the Socratic, and I, I'm not an expert on the Socratic forms by any means, but thinking about the Socratic form of a triangle existing mm-hmm. outside of space and time, a drawing of a triangle is not, I just imagine this perfectly shaped hot dog, Dr. Normore, just floating, you mm. know, as an idea and a nebulous concept. And to me, it's beautiful and I want to eat it. The only thing that I can imagine in nature that is equivalent to a hot dog is a cattail. Yes. Is a cattail a hot dog? Are you trying to find no. a, just a Come on, give me one, man. No. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. I have a general question about Dr. Normer. Why do you think that people strive to put things into categories? Which is to yeah, say, why the heck too. are we doing this? Why Why do we find it so necessary to find definitions and to ask questions like this? Like, why do we need this to be answered? Well, I mean, one thing, is, one reason is simply practical. I mean, just imagine what things would be like if you had to have a, a, na- a single name for every single object that you encountered and and anyone you talked with had to know that name in order for you to communicate with them at all, mm-hmm. right? So you go into a shop and you say, I want James. James. Gotta have James. They say, well, yeah, we, we don't have James. We have, we've got Susan. It, will Susan do? Uh, let me look. Well, Susan's a lot like James, but <sighs> uh, I don't know. I, uh, right? So, but whereas now we can just go in and say, you know, I want a pair of shoes. Okay, now, what size? What, what kind? Right? I mean, but we don't have to pick out the particular pair from mm. that long list. So that's one reason, right? We we need to categorize because otherwise we have to uh, to literally uh, think in terms always of the particular objects of, of which there are more than anyone could possibly. Know, count or imagine. But there's also this, this deeper question, I think, which is, does the world come in kinds? Right? And, and that's the deeper question. Is the world structured in a certain way? And of course, what, we're, what our science tries to do, and I guess what we do in daily life too, is we try to, f- we think, yes, the world is structured, mm-hmm. and we try to, to find out what the structure is. right? Um, and that's exactly what we're doing when we categorize. Uh, and we can make mistakes, right? We can sure. we can make up categories that don't uh, for th- for things that turn out not to be. So there's a for example there's a philosophical debate about whether phlogiston is oxygen. What is that? Phlogiston is a uh, an Olympic 100 meter dash runner. She broke the world record. Phlogiston. No, that's Flojo. Uh <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that that's not but in, in the, there, there, there was a time when people thought that what happened when things burned okay. was that they gave off something, which was phlogiston. Right? Okay. It turned out, of course, that what happens when you when you burn stuff is you consume oxygen, right? And you give off mm-hmm. uh, various kinds of car- carbon compounds. So there turns out to be no such thing as phlogiston. Now, that it was part of a scientific theory that just didn't work, right? Okay. There is still the question, though, something happens in burning. Right. And uh, and something's given off. It, mm-hmm. Might we extend the term? Might we say that they didn't get it completely wrong? But, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so you can go down that road. Right. But but the but the but the thing that you're really trying to do always is get the structure of the world. What is there really? And what differences make a difference? So the difference between James and Susan, if right, if these are the names for, let's say, two hot dogs, right, <laughs> uh, doesn't make a difference. You don't care which one you, you get. And so you're happy to go into a shop and get a hot dog. You, you might care you know, about the, the way the hot dog is, but you don't care if it's James or Susan. Uh, so, so categories help us there. And, of course, with natural things where we're discovering what there is, we get at the structure of the world by getting the right categories for them. With artificial things, it's more complicated. Of course, and, and we certainly have to break down why somebody would be motivated to categorize things, right? Yeah. Like, of course, in, in the hot dog yeah. versus sandwich little <laughs> dichotomy that we've set up here, yes. like uh, when talking to the, you know, historian uh, Ken Albala, mm-hmm. he mentioned, you know, a common thing that people will say is if we stopped at a gas station and I asked you to get me a sandwich and you got me a hot dog. I'd be disappointed. I'd be disappointed. Yeah. And I fully understand that. And he also said nobody would ever call it a hot dog sandwich or put it on a menu as a sandwich. But that's simply not true, right? I'm thinking of a diner. Mm -hmm. Like if you are, say, at a 7-Eleven, they have no reason to categorize a hot dog as a sandwich because they simply put it on little rolly bars and you put it into a bun yourself. But if you're at a diner, say, that has a 200-item menu, as most fantastic diners do, and there is a sub header on the menu that says sandwiches and you see a hot dog you'll see hot dog you'll see hamburger you'll see ham and cheese on rye you'll see wet beef and so they have a reason to do that because for them it matters most 
who are we to tell Lancer's I'm Diner cons- in Burbank that that's not a sandwich? But as a consumer, and I see that there, it causes a little bit of a like a question. You does know, it? It's like, does it belong yeah. there? Does it belong to be categorized there? Shouldn't it be in miscellaneous? There should be more mis. <laughs> so I know there should be more miscellaneous uh, categories. Someone who just wants like loose cottage cheese. Yes, yeah. so, yes. Yeah, the sides. <laughs> you know. So I mean, I mean, why do diners have to be the the ones that name it? Why do they get to be the authority? Well, that's a good question. And, and Dr. Normar, I'm hoping you can uh, sort of elucidate. Um, Philosophical. What are what are I they called? <laughs> hold on, I wrote it don't in my look notes. At me. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maggie, cut this. Don't make me look stupid. Don't I make took me look one stupid. One philosophy class in <laughs> Santa Monica College. <laughs> I did too. Oh, a good college. Yeah, she a was great. College, my instructor was incredible. Uh, Dr. David Spiewak at UCSB Philosophy 101. He was obsessed with the idea that we're all in a simulation, and that Ooh. is all we learned about. Oh, <laughs> nice. I can tell you all about Nicole. If post humans exist, sorry. All right, I found what I was talking about. <laughs> Dr. Normar, I hope you can help us break down some like philosophical fallacies and how they would relate to this right here. Because <laughs> one, I believe, after some cursory Googling, is called the appeal to authority fallacy. Right. Yeah. So you want to find out if a hot dog is a sandwich? You go and you ask a hot dog expert. Now, what makes them a hot dog expert? <laughs> well, it's that people go, people go and ask them. Right. Yeah. Now, if that's all that's going on, they, then they have they might have a certain kind of authority because people will obey them mm-hmm. and obey them not because of their power but just because they they defer to them but they're not expert right mm. they're they're if they're expert only because uh, people are prepared to to follow them then they are not they, they haven't any insight into the nature of a hot dog so if you just settle the question that way then you'd be settling it by authority, and that would give you no reason to think that you had gotten things right. Let's put it that way. So that's why why it's a fallacy. I think that's really pertinent in this debate, especially mm-hmm. because the biggest authority that people will defer to is the dictionary. And I think people fundamentally misunderstand what the function of the dictionary is and how it reacts. There's the famous case of the word literally, where the dictionary changed the definition of literally to uh, include a facetious use of it for like, you know, bombast and emphasis as mm-hmm. opposed to what people previously thought it meant. So society is responsible for the dictionary. I believe it's uh, prescriptive versus descriptive. Okay. Or sorry, descriptive yeah. versus prescriptive language. And so if you look at the definition of a sandwich in uh, the Oxford English Dictionary, mm-hmm. it specifies two slices of bread. But do you think that that is too narrow of a definition of sandwich? I do think it's too narrow, but... But let me just say a quick word about dictionaries. So, so as you say, they can either try to to uh, make us speak a certain way, mm-hmm. and putting a word in a dictionary often does, uh, for example, bring it about that people who weren't prepared to use the word before are now prepared to use <laughs> sure. it, right? That kind of thing, and taking it out conversely. So that's one thing. A dictionary can get us to speak a certain way, or can also just describe the way we do speak, right? So one of the things that a dictionary is supposed to do, I think, is capture what you might call central uses mm-hmm. of of a word and that that are actually there and then by making those salient for us by putting them before our minds encourages us to go in certain directions rather than others with the case of the uh, the sandwich well does it does it have to be two slices of bread could it be one gigantic slice that we fold it over and if so would the gap you know would, would the fold have to be a, a fold that could easily be broken and I thought, hmm, who knows, right? I mean, that would be a, a a proposal that you could have a sandwich that was that had a single slice of bread. And of course, there are open-faced sandwiches. Always a question whether they're sandwiches, right? Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I'm inclined to think that the, that there's nothing in the concept of a sandwich that requires that it be exactly two. I mean, consider a three-slice sandwich. Oh, a club right? sandwich, oh, if you will. Right? Ooh, a club. I, I'm hungry. A club, I will yeah. consider a three slice sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's nothing in the concept of a sandwich, I think, that requires that it be exactly two. But notice that we we gravitate to it, right? We think, mm. okay, we, so we have a stereotype of a sandwich. Uh-huh. It's it's got two pieces of bread. It's got maybe maybe some tomato. In Australia, they they they'll put beetroot in something. Oh, so. Yeah, beetroot. they do. Beetroot burger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the stereotype 
and we're imagining things that are similar to it. And now the question is always, how similar does it have to be? So similarity plays this really crucial role in, in extending these concepts. Huh. I think in the case of a sandwich, no reason to think it stops at two. I'm certainly inclined to believe that. I, To me, it's almost absurd that people think that the bread needs to be fully sliced mm. in half. To me, it's such a meaningless distinction for how both hot dogs and sandwiches actually affect our day-to-day life. Yeah. And to me, I mean, we, we spoke about this in the last episode, but Subway, Subway is the largest restaurant chain in the history of the earth. It has a, a, a Genghis Khan-sized impact on the way that we eat food. It is like almost 50,000 locations across the globe. Mm -hmm. They serve sandwiches. Anybody could tell you that, Nicole. You go anywhere in the world, you ask what Subway (laughs) sells, and they say sandwiches, and it is one contiguous piece of bread. But what if they introduce a hot dog in the little trays? Then what do we do? They're still serving sandwiches because a hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> Nicole, they have not deviated from their I core business model. I'm I'm faltering on my on my stance now. Right. Because <laughs> if Subway could sell a hot dog and put it in their Italian herbs and cheese, that's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. It is a hot dog. And and I mean oh conversely, God. if if you were to take a hot dog bun and simply replace the meat tube with something with the stereotypical, you know, fillings of what you consider to be the quintessential sandwich. Stressed out. To me, I just, I don't see a world in which that is not a sandwich as well. I cannot see the bun. And I mean, Dr. Normar, especially with a hot dog bun, it's literally the fact that it is quote unquote one piece of bread and not two, it is held by sometimes a quarter centimeter okay. of bread. Your argument is held on by a wait, quarter wait, wait, centimeter. Wait. Nicole, wait, a zephyr blows something. in. Zephyr schmeffer. <laughs> what about a crepe? What's a crepe? What's I put ham and cheese in a crepe and I fold it up. There, I, I just fold it. There's no opening. There's no closing. It's folded all up. Is that a sandwich? Well, I mean, I think that's is a, that a hot dog. A question is, for Doctor Normal. Doctor like, Normal, answer my question, <laughs> help us. please. How far away from the stereotype? Can you get like, of course, we must draw a line, but then who is the arbiter of that line? And it scares yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there isn't anyone who's the arbiter. God, of that it's line, us. Right? We have to rely on our own devices. Gosh, so much responsibility. So so what would you think? I mean, you, you've got two shops side by side. Mm-hmm. One of them, uh, one of them puts the uh, the crepes, let's say, under a special category, crepes. And the other puts the crepes under this wider category, sandwiches. Hmm. Now, uh, is one of them making a mistake? Well, I think mm-hmm. if time passes, we could, in retrospect, think one of them had made a mistake mm-hmm. because it turns out, let's say, that everybody else now starts to, to put crepes under um, under the sandwich category, or doesn't, right? But right now, what they're doing is they're making a proposal about about the extension of the word mm-hmm. sandwich. The proposal will either stick or it won't stick, right? And there's no telling, uh, typically. Uh, there's no fact. Because it's an artifact, there's nothing to discover mm-hmm. here, right? There's a decision. There's a decision. Yeah, and nobody has the authority to make that decision. So we make it in this kind of loose, collective way. It's our jobs to take their suggestion and determine whether this suggestion is true or not to us individually. So wait, can I just say something? I'm having the time of my life. Dr. Normal, I got to tell you, Nicole, before this, she was like, I'm nervous. He's going to be so smart. He's going to start talking about Socrates and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, he's just a normal person. Fiddlesticks. That is incredible. I mean, yeah, it's 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 the art of suggestion. And then it's just us to be like, no, I'm right. And I kind of love that. And I mean, there are so many different reasons that somebody would want to categorize a sandwich. Right. Yeah. And so that's what makes the to me, at least it a very tricky concept of is a hot dog a sandwich? Because speaking you speaking universally, mm-hmm, as opposed to like, does a hot dog being a sandwich make sense for my own life? And way of being, or yeah. I mean, does it make sense? So, actually, next episode, this is part of a whole large series, Dr. Normore. We're talking to a lot of people, yeah. trying to really cover all our bases, and we're actually speaking to a lawyer next because uh. we know the legal system has gotten involved 
in this to yep. determine whether or not a hot dog's a sandwich. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, do you do you see that as like kind of falling under the uh, appeal to authority fallacy? Do you think the legal system has any right to be involved in our hot dogs? Well, it'll have to probably, <laughs> yeah, because the because the borderlines of these of these uh, concepts are uh, can have serious legal consequences. Mm. I mean, there's a famous famous legal case about whether uh, roller skates in Central Park count as wheeled vehicles. Oh. Right? There was a prohibition, no wheeled vehicles in Central Park in New York. So somebody skates in. Now, have they violated the law or not? They're too fast. Well, <laughs> zoom, 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 right? zoom, zoom, zoom. has to be settled, right? <laughs> well, I mean, consider cars and driverless cars. I presume nobody will doubt that they're cars, but there's a, a whole set of regulations about Cars and if they don't count as cars, those regulations will not apply to them. Mm. Right? So, it's crucial in a way that that we, uh, for legal pur- pur- purposes, that we settle the the borderlines of these concepts. That doesn't mean, of course, that the law, so to speak, does it reasonably or gets it right. Right? There, there can be weird cases, mm-hmm. but again, because they're artifacts, uh, it, they're the kinds of things that that we collectively. In some institution or other do get to settle, and the law might be able to settle many of them for us. Right? Just decide. Of course, what happens typically is if the law gets too far out of sync with what we ordinarily think, then you know it just begins to not work as law. And I believe we find that case, Nicole, in the case of Miracle Whip. Dr. Normor, are you ah, familiar with Miracle Whip? Talks about I am familiar with Miracle Whip. <laughs> Is it mayonnaise? Yes, a good question. <laughs> a very good question. Listen, if I can spread it on a sandwich and it's squishy, white, and delicious, that's a mayonnaise in my book. But yeah, I mean, the government really, they laid down a hard line of yeah. what constitutes mayonnaise. And that's I believe true. it's a certain percentage of oil by weight. Miracle Whip was simply yeah. watering down their mayonnaise too much and they got their distinction taken away. Yeah. I, I am glad you brought up uh, cars earlier because mm-hmm. so I think one analogy that people draw, myself included, is that, you know, um, a car car is to sandwich as convertible is to hot dog. No. Right? It's like uh, a convertible. No. The car is the overarching or even say truck, right? Nicole, do you believe a truck is a car? Yeah. I do too, but I, I can also see people. A convertible is a car. It just doesn't have a top. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying though. I believe a hot dog is simply a subset of the over, our overarching order of sandwich which okay. is something that Ken argued fully against. Okay. That sandwiches are lateral to hot dog. Okay. And sandwiches are two pieces I of bread. I think I think that car is to sandwich as a mobilized scooter, like a lime scooter, is to a, a hot, hot dog. dog. I see. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're He's saying. picking I see up what, what I'm saying. putting down. Thanks, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but now look, you we can get very so let me let me generate a a series of cases, okay. right? So on the one side, you got I don't know, let's say uh, a brand new a brand new Lexus, and on the other side, you got a pair of roller skates, mm-hmm. inline perhaps. Okay, now we get scooters, we get motorcycles, we get three wheeled motorcycles, we get golf carts, we get things that are like golf carts, but they have. A bigger engine. It was called a gem. Yeah. I know the thing you're talking about. It's like a golf cart but that old people drive on the street at my Nana's community living center. <laughs> they drive. It's called a gem. That's Sorry right. to disrupt. No, no. That's good. <laughs> now, keep going. What do we have to add to the gems to to get a car? Uh, doors. Or have we already got there? A door. Doors. Ah. Does the door have to be a permanent door or can it be a be something like a curtain? Um, uh, well, the door serves as safety for accidents. Well, oh, no, no, hold on. And my, for pulling down the window. My Italian roommates who did not have dri- driver's licenses drove a Jeep Wrangler that That's had no I'm, doors. I was going to talk about they Jeep Wranglers. No doors. D- detachable doors. Detachable doors. I don't believe doors can be essential to carhood. Because my Italian roommates, being in, they would hand roll cigarettes, driving with no license, no doors, cool. hands free. <laughs> and they were UCLA students, mind you. Should have been to smart. Be yeah, friends yeah. With your friend. Wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> um, so you can see that 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 the the, the borderline is 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 delicate, mm-hmm. right? At some point, we're, it's, it'll be uncontroversial that these are mm-hmm. cars. At some point, it'll be uncontroversial that there aren't. Mm-hmm. But in the middle. Because, and I think this is especially true because they're artifacts. There isn't any answer that 
is given you by the 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 original concept, and so the the, the borderlines of, of the concept are themselves blurry. They're 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 vague, and part of what the law has to do, for example, is settle them. And and but also, you know, that's part of what shops have to do when they classify. Part of what we have to do when we sort of go go into things, right? Go, we have to to decide whether this counts for us as uh, as a as a one kind rather than another, and. If our ways of doing it are so out of sync with other people's ways of doing it, then communication breaks down. So we have to come up, come up, come up to some consensus. And new cases constantly come up. I mean, think about these electric scooters. Mm-hmm. Right? Are they scooters? Well, yeah. But now they can go much faster. They can do all kinds of things that ordinary sc- scooters can't do. And so, uh, And so we have to treat them differently from the way we treated scooters and more like the way we treated motorbikes. Hmm. That's interesting. And I mean, that speaks to say like the ubiquity and popularity of the hot dog, something that I I think is really fascinating. Uh, Dr. Normore, you brought up earlier McDonald's entering into China, you know, and we now view the hamburger as like, I would say the most important food stuff outside of say commodity grains that has affected more people across the world, mm-hmm. right? We think of the hamburger and the hot dog as being things that sort of have always existed, but they are but a blip in they time. They yeah. They're more like newish inventions. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, in yeah. the history of, of world food development, mm-hmm. it's it's so, so, so new. And so I'm thinking now, whatever podcasts look like in 250 years, you know, the hot dog could not even be a thing, or maybe the hot dog is transformed into something else. Maybe the need for a sandwich isn't even there. People are eating the little... Hot dog flavored pills. Soylent, hot dog flavored pills. Yeah. And people will argue, is that a hot dog? And people will say, well, it contains the same macronutrient breakdown and flavor of a hot dog down to the molecule. And I will be sitting there saying, no, hot dogs used to be at the Costco and the schmott dogs cost 25 cents more because they were exotic and from Mars. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dr. Normar, I have to ask you finally. <laughs> Do you believe that a hot dog is a sandwich or not? Hmm. Uh, hmm. Well, I, let me put it this way. Okay. No philosophical funny business, Dr. Normore. <laughs> no, I want it. I want no, it. No, nothing particularly funny Funny here. So like like you, Nicole, I think that if, if I said, bring me a sandwich and somebody brought me a hot dog, I'd be disappointed. On the other hand, I wouldn't think that I had cause for complaint mm. <laughs> because, because I think there's a sufficient gray area here that, um, that while if you asked me to bring you a sandwich, I wouldn't bring you a hot dog. If somebody brought me a hot dog as a sandwich, I would think they're just using the term slightly differently in that gray area, and neither of us has any authority to settle that. That's beautiful. Can I also say anyone who just asked somebody to quote bring them a sandwich, just tell me what kind of sandwich you want. If yeah. I, I've this has happened too many times where I'll go to a gas station and say you want anything and someone says give me a soda and I go no 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 tell me what kind of soda. I don't know if you like diet Dr Pepper. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think that speaks to the idea of yeah. like specificity. Yep. You know? Yeah. Wow. No, that's a that's actually a very nice example because because if somebody did bring you uh, let's suppose you don't like diet sodas, I and hate somebody diet sodas. <laughs> did bring you one. I'd be so mad. Right? But you wouldn't think you had cause for complaint. Mm-hmm. You hadn't told them not to. Yeah, do but it. if I'm going on a you. car ride with someone, they should already be aware of the fact that I don't drink diet soda. <laughs> if you're close they enough, enough. Pre- they should know my preferences. If you're asking me to get you something, or the other way around, we should know each other's preferences. Like, don't if you bring me a diet Dr Pepper, I will raise absolute yeah, hell. Di- the artificial sweetener gives her digestive troubles, and you but, don't. To be stuck in a car with her. But no. if someone brought me a hot dog in lieu of a sandwich, I also wouldn't be upset. I just so like maybe, hot dogs. <laughs> so maybe a hot dog is a sandwich, possibly. Maybe. Maybe not to you. Maybe not to you. I'm just pointing at random people in the room. <laughs> maybe it just is what it is, and it's a sandwich. Yeah. Nicole, <laughs> no, I'm more confused side. now. But it's not a toasty. No, it's, it's not a nothing toasty. Nothing is a toasty. A toasty is a toasty. <laughs> we love a good toasty. 
Dr. Normore, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. I, I feel great about it. Oh, thank you. I'm somehow sweaty again. I keep sweating doing these you podcasts. You are sweaty. My brain's working you so sweat. hard. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Normore, please, I mean, do, do you got anything you want to plug? Anything you want to tell people about? No, I just want to tell, tell them that, I, that I've loved this and you guys are really smart. Oh, you too. <laughs> and that's the that's greatest, the greatest compliment. Yeah, what a compliment. Thanks, Thank Doc. you so much, Doctor. Take care. Take care of yourself. Nicole, you ever talk to somebody about a song and you're just like, I like that song. And they're like, yeah, well, when they went to the downbeat tempo on the third, eighth, the half beat, and they start breaking it down and yeah. you quickly realize like, oh, you're a musical genius <laughs> and I'm just somebody who listens to something at the gym. Correct. That's how I felt with Dr. Normal. Sure. Yeah. He was he was like incredible. Just, He's on a different plane. Just a, a vat of information in that brain. Also, y'all vat. couldn't see him, but his eyes were closed as if he was like living Symphonically, in this. It was like oh he was God. it was like he was conducting a symphony as he was speaking to us. That's incredible. Really, really interesting. And also, I love the fact that philosophers <laughs> exclusively speak in riddles. <laughs> I mean, even I, I love he how. Called him a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of all this, I mean, he waxed philosophical for dang near an hour it was awesome. about whether or not hot dog is a sandwich and all this. And when we finally asked him to just hit us with, well, in this scenario, if you did this and I did this, then I would not have a reason. Um, but I think that's beautiful. And I mean, yeah. I, I certainly learned a ton. Yeah, I feel like I have expanded my mind and my theories. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't know where I stand. I need to like sleep on it. I need to talk to some other people. Golly. Yeah, we need to talk to some more people to find out. I mean, we got part three coming yep. up. But like right now, has your opinion changed from episode one to two? I'm swaying. I'm swaying. You seem swayable. I, I was double. I was doubling down with Ken. And now Dr. Normore is making me sway. Doctor, I mean, I, he definitely made me sway in that way, too. Ken, it really shocked me how much I was willing to say that a hot dog is not a sandwich. But then after talking to Dr. Normore, mm -hmm. it was like this idea that truth can only live within you in that mm -hmm. sense, that there is never going to be a fully universal definition. Never. There can be to like a large in-group of people, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, murder is bad. Murder is bad, right? Like, yeah. oh, man, oh, we should have asked him about that. We should have gotten into moral relativism with it. Next time. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> God, that was incredible. Uh, another thing that I learned is I just sweat when talking about whether or yeah. not a hot dog is a sandwich. I guess you just get nervous or something. I nervous, think it's my brain is working on overdrive, yeah, you know? Yeah, I touched your forehead. You were sweaty. You really got a lot of my sweat on you. I did, I did. Um, but, God, I mean, this makes me really excited uh, for episode three, talking about yeah, the legalistic definitions of a hot dog. Oh, it's going to get so juicy. Ooh, I'm going to throw gosh. so many legal terms. Ooh, hey, it's corpus. <laughs> I object. <laughs> Badgering. You're badgering, badgering the witness. Badgering. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Should we do some opinions like casseroles? Yeah, but we have to sing it. We have to. Okay, fine. You lead it off. I'll follow. Opinions. Opinions. Are like and casseroles. That was abhorrent. I'm so sorry. Maggie, you are listening to that closer than anyone, and I'm sorry. If your ears are bleeding, I am not financially liable for that. I feel like if Please we were Please set up on, your HR director I at I feel Mythical. like if we were on American Idol, you'd just get an instant no from Paul Abdul, <laughs> and that sucks. She's like, I'm so sorry. You're She's probably nice good one. at other things. Uh, I think Katy Perry is not an out. All right. First up, first up, first up. We got at Rafa Conrad, beef hot dogs are better than pork hot dogs. Agreed. Here's where it takes a turn, Nicole. But turkey hot dogs are better than beef hot dogs. So turkey better than beef, better than pork. Yeah. That, I was that's doing what, the hand signals. I don't you. know if you saw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of turkey hot dogs. I'm just all beef all day. T turkey hot dogs, as somebody who grew up eating so much ground turkey because some idea of health, right? Uh, turkey burgers on the grill, turkey meatloaf, turkey meatballs. And somebody who still does that to this day, so I'm like, well, I'm a little Be bit healthy. healthy you know? yeah. um, no, I like resent turkey hot dogs. Nice. But that said, maybe I just haven't had a good one because like turkey hot, like hot links. If I cut up a turkey hot dog and I put it in some huevos with some queso, oh, yeah. I would enjoy it. I agree with that. But on its own, like in a bun with a little bit of a condiment. Mm -mm. No, and I do find it fascinating how like all beef hot dogs are fantastic. Hebrew yeah. National all beef is great. But that said, like a beef sausage as opposed to a pork sausage you're doing a oh. coarse ground brat or something mm -mm. pork sausage is the way to pork go sweaty. but there's something about like the aggressiveness of the spicing of a hot dog that mm -hmm. to me lends to 
the beefiness totally. or maybe it's just the fact that that's what I grew up on. But like totally. all beef hot dogs, man, nothing better. Shout out Hebrew Natty Light. Josh, before we get to our next opinion, we got to chat a little bit about something. Ooh, what? Yeah. You ever heard of Good Mythical Evening? I have. Oh my gosh. It's happening again. Again. How crazy. Uh, the show is live on September 1st to jumpstart Labor Day weekend. Tickets are on sale right now at goodmythicalevening.com. I'm super excited. This is one of my favorite things that Mythical does. This is raw. This is X-rated. This is the after dark raunchy version of Mythical. X. XX. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> R. Rated R. Rated R. Uh, no, it's at PG-13 for visible male nipples. I believe that's how you get the PG-13 <laughs> rating. Ew. My nipples were incredible. They were hyper visible last time because they were God. shined up with olive oil. And really under the bright lights. Uh, but really, uh, Good Mythical Evening is going to be an incredible time. Go get your tickets. Uh, Yitzi Raven. We're now on to the opinions of that <laughs> Castro's part now. Um, Yitzi Raven Wait, says, hold on. Did you pronounce it Yitzi Raven because you assume that they are Jewish and that very much sounds like a Hebrew name? No. Is it Raven? <laughs> I feel like it might be. Ra- but Yitzi Raven sounds like the name of a rabbi. Okay. At Yitzi Raven says, for the longest time, I didn't like my hot dog in a bun. I hate condiments, only ketchup for fries and nuggets. As I grow up, I do eat a, I do eat with a bun sometimes, but it's not my preference. <laughs> that was a lot. Okay, so Did I, I read this wrong. I, no, I also they're saying they 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 didn't. <laughs> Josh is reading it again. No, I fully understand this because I also grew up not eating hot dogs and buns, but it was for a very specific reason. So my carb grandma, no, 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 I wasn't on like a low carb diet from a child. Like I wasn't, anyway, no, my grandma who is from uh, South Africa, British Commonwealth yeah, country, uh-huh. um, I would like come home from school when I was living with her and she'd be like, Josh, do you want some sausages? And I go, heck yeah, granny, I'm a portly young man. I want some sausages. <laughs> Thinking that it would be like either an actual sausage on a plate or a sausage sandwich or maybe even, I don't know. But what came to me was instant mashed potatoes with two Hebrew national hot dogs on top. Oh, gosh. Bangers and mash? It's bangers and mash. But, you know, she is Jewish, so doesn't eat pork. And so what's the most accessible beef sausage? Hebrew national hot dogs, baby. And that said, I will still sometimes as a snack, just microwave a Hebrew national hot dog and eat it covered in mustard and Hot do- hot dogs are a delicious standalone sausage. Yeah, hot dogs fresh out of the microwave. Yep, is one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. But I always put ketchup or hot sauce or mayo on the side. Is that okay? Just for dipping? <laughs> yeah. Just you just dipping it in mayonnaise? No, I like. Po- Josh, come on! I'm a woman of class. <laughs> I do a squirt of mayo. I do a squirt of hot uh, hot sauce. And I do a squirt of ketchup, and I kind of just oh, go you mash the it. Line. No, oh, no, no, no! Oh, oh. I go through it like drag a line. it through the garden. Drag- <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except my garden is mayonnaise. <laughs> my garden mayonnaise. My garden is mayonnaise is the worst memoir title <laughs> I've ever heard, but it's kind of beautiful. All right, at Finley Jane, Costco hot dogs have the prime bun to sausage ratio. Fluffy bun without drowning the sausage, but no sausage overhang. That That's a mm. nice thing when there's no sausage overhang. I like biting the tip off sometimes, doing a little, <laughs> like little a moil cigar? action. <laughs> yeah, like, like a, a cigar. I just go, boom, I just spit it out right into the trash can. Spit um, it into that kid's eye. <laughs> this, <laughs> I, I do love Costco hot dogs. I love The them. only thing I might say is that I think it's too big to be the ideal mm. golden <laughs> rule to be the Fibonacci sequence mm. of hot dogs it's a little too girthy of a wiener that's a you thing My f- <laughs> I love Costco hot dogs and another thing that I love about Costco hot dogs is the wheel that turns yes! the onions the onion wheel keeps on turning that's my favorite thing <laughs> for people that don't know uh, Costco has they have a litany of condiments they have yeah. ketchup they have yellow mustard they have spicy, spicy brown mustard, mustard. Yeah, uh-huh. they have relish that's in like a pump yeah right? yeah yeah but then their onions, they, <laughs> the could onion have, they could just have chopped onions <laughs> no, in a no. bowl. No. Fresh. Fresh. They put whole onions in a device <laughs> that you hand crank. It's and beautiful. it spits onions willy-nilly all over your hot dog. It'll yeah. get on your hand and you don't care. You incredible. have to like hold it like down, <laughs> like by your thigh and like lift it up a little bit. And then do of onions. I love the onion wheel at oh Costco. My God. I'm I all for it. my birthday. I love it. Can I you buy one for my birthday? I know. I'm not going to buy you, you an suck. onion wheel. Also, it, there's no way that's a specialized tool, right? Like that has to be used for other. It's probably a meat grinder that they like change the thing. Just retrofit. It's just an onion grinder. Yeah, I'm guessing. I love that. God bless Costco hot dogs. Okay. Uh, DJ Cereal Sauce says, 
You guys, <laughs> you guys have gone on record. Don't quote. Uh, don't no, no no. Don't put us <laughs> on the record. This is all on background. Okay, Doctor Cereal. Uh, I forgot, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Serial Saw says, you guys have gone on record saying you like long dogs over thick dogs. <laughs> Let me just You're say right. a primary factor in my enjoyment of a hot dog is a nice mixture of both. Thin hot dogs don't feel satisfying, but full brats if those are in the equation, are simply too much to handle. So you're trying to find the Goldilocks of hot dogs. And let me tell you, you know, you got to try all the hot dogs try until all you the find the one yeah. that fits in your bun. And uh-huh. you just got to find it. And you keep trying, DJ Cereal Sauce. Yeah. You keep trying to find your magical Goldilocks <laughs> hot dog. The right you wiener size exists for you. Yeah, and you for a lot of people, which is why I don't like when places brag about size. They're like, we have a quarter pound hot dog, a full foot long hot dog. I'm like, size, everyone has different buns. And this is absolutely true. You know, and it's only, it's science to prove this, that women over 5'9 don't feel that Sonic's foot long Coney dog. Are you kidding? That's no, that's real. I'm saying the sizes of all buns are different. We think we we know we know that wiener sizes are different, but the size of buns are also different. That's just math. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I can't believe so early on I started hyperventilating. Oh god, Nicole, our brains are turning to absolute mush during this. By the end of it, we're just going to be shells hot of dog. humans. <laughs> hot dog is hot dog sandwich. I'd like to eat a hot dog sandwich. Hot dogs. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, thank you for listening to a hot dog is a sandwich. (laughs) Thank you for listening to a hot dog is a sandwich, Nicole. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I think you're just going to respond. You're welcome. I didn't know we were done. You're welcome. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram <laughs> at MythicalKitchen. If you don't want any more of us, don't go to any of those. No, no, go. Talk to a friend. Go. Call no. your grandma. We're your friends. You know? We're your grandma now. Oh, God. All right. Stay tuned next week where we talk <laughs> about hot dogs again and we got a lawyer and god i hope we beat a lawyer in an argument nicole (laughs) likely story